can you succeed in raising your children to have unshakable faith in Jesus Christ, especially when the odds seem to be stacked so high against you? Our children are bombarded with images and messages every day that contradict the teachings of Jesus. And as parents, it's easy for us to feel outmanned and outgunned in our battle to shape their hearts and minds into committed followers of Christ. But the victory is ours for the taking. God has given us everything we need to equip our children for the life He's called them to. So join us today as we engage in the crucial conversations that will help you discover and apply the tools you need to raise your kids with unshakable faith in Jesus. And now, welcome to Unshakable Faith. Well, hello everyone. I'm Dr. Steve Hubler, President of Legacy Family Ministries. And I'm Melissa Hubler. And we are your hosts for Unshakable Faith. We are going to invest the next half hour into equipping you with the tools that you need to build up your kids into faithful and committed followers of Jesus. Now, I want to extend a very heartfelt welcome to you, whether you're joining us live or through our podcast. And I invite you to stay with us for the next half hour as we reveal the three powerful principles from God's Word that will promote healthy and productive communication between you and your kids. Now, the first one I can pretty much guarantee is going to come from a direction you wouldn't normally expect. But before I tell you what it is, I want to introduce one of our full-time Legacy staff members who have joined us here in the studio, and that is Amy Sun. She is our Director of Women's Mentorship and Child Discipleship Specialist here at Legacy Family Ministries. So welcome again, Amy. Thank you. It's a blessing to be here. Great. Well, before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that we at Legacy Family Ministries want parents to be equipped with resources at your fingertips so you can develop an unshakable faith in your kids. We have a resource library that is stocked full of free tools for you. We have videos on tough topics, blogs, podcasts, newsletters, and downloadable resources, and we add resources every week. The easiest way to access all of this is to go to our website at www.legacyfamilyministries.com, or you can text RESOURCE to 602 Trust 14. That's resource to 602 Trust 14, where you can get a link to our downloadable resources and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks, Melissa. Well, let's just jump right in because, yeah, we always have so much to go over and not quite enough time to get it done. So let's just get to that first principle I promised you. I believe that all of us Christian parents want to communicate with our kids in such a way that we can build them up in their relationship with Jesus. I mean, that that's just basic kind of foundational thing for all of us moms and dads. We want to communicate with our kids in a way that engenders their trust to make them want to come to us when they need advice or are facing a problem. And of course, to increase their faith as they go through their, you know, the the challenges and opportunities that they face in life. So the question is, how on earth are we supposed to do that? I mean, that's not really something that somebody hands you a a how-to book to to do with your kids. Uh, There are no how-to books on parenting, which is kind of a bummer other than the Bible. But um, so what's the first principle from God's Word that we can apply to the way we talk to our kids that will promote healthy and productive communication with them? Well, a few minutes ago, I stated that it would come from a direction that you probably wouldn't expect, and here it is. I think we have to consider what may be going on in our own heart before we try to consider what's going on in theirs. In other words, we need to start with us. 
Yeah. And while that might sound a little bit crazy, kids model what they see. So if you're seeing something that's coming out of your kids that you're like, what on earth? Why are you saying that? Well, we need to turn our attention to us and see what am I saying to my kids on a regular basis? What's coming out of my mouth that they're seeing? Yeah, there's a a lot of scriptures that we could pull from on this, but my favorite is Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Now, this is out of the New Living Translation, which I, I don't normally use, but I really liked the way that they laid it out here. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. So obviously, we're talking about how we talk to our kids, because that's going to model for them how they're going to talk to us and other people. And it's going to model the, the the building of their faith, basically. And God tells us what you say flows from what's in your heart. So the question is, then, what's in your heart? Is it bitterness? Is it frustration? Is it anger? Is it fear? Is it a critical spirit? Is it impatience? Now, I've got a whole list, and I'm, I'm pulling this out of me, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and all of those things that you just mentioned, those are fruit. It is a fruit. There's a seed that has been planted at some point in time in your heart that has grown, and it's been nurtured, and now you see fruit that has developed. And sometimes that fruit is in the form of frustration or bitterness, critical spirit, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um there's other fruit that you really want displayed in your life, like love and joy and peace. Those fruit come directly from the Spirit of God. So you have to look at what's coming out of you, what's coming out of your words, your actions, your your thought processes. Why did I say what I said? Because they are all things that are bearing fruit, and the, that fruit has more seeds inside of it. Mm-hmm. So when you have fruit in your life, there are seeds that are being planted somewhere else, and most likely it's in the life of your children. And you might need to take some time to evaluate where is it coming from. So you have to recognize, okay, that's coming out of me, but where is it coming from? Where am I getting it from? You may need to evaluate what you listen to, what music you listen to, what news you listen to, how much time you're spending in worship or in God's word, because those are different plants that seeds are going to come from. And what do you want coming out of you? My favorite verse is uh, Psalm 1914, which says, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord. So what we meditate on, what we think about is what we tend to listen to. What kind of comes into us is what then stays in us and resonates inside of us. It really creates a self-feeding mm-hmm. cycle, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, and it really was simplistic, practical example. I saw it in my daughter when she was young and she would she liked Angelina Ballerina, the little mouse, and there's nothing inherently wrong with this cartoon at all, but she's a sassy little mouse. And when my daughter would watch it, she would become sassy and she would start to imitate what she saw and then it would become a part of who she was. It became a part of her character that I needed to redirect. And so this the easiest thing for me was to say we're not watching that anymore and then talk about why cuz it made her sad to not watch it. But when you watch it, this is how you behave, and that doesn't honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's the same with adults. <laughs> it's just different. Not Angelina Ballerina cartoon. It's bigger things that well, we're yeah, watching or listening. You, you think of the kind of stuff. I mean, TV is an easy target. So I'll pick on TV. And yes, I watch TV. But um, time and again, I, I'm challenged from different people about what, what are you putting in? What are you putting in? Because what you put in is what's going to come out. And uh, there's been so many times where... Uh, I wish this wasn't true, but there's been so many times where I've heard something come out of my mouth directed at one of my kids, and it's like, ah, you just kind of cringe. And it's like, why did I say that? And really, when, when you sift deep enough, peel the layers of the onion back enough to figure out why you actually, you know, blurted that out of your mouth to them, you find something in your heart that isn't right. And if, if you continue to 
to, to plumb the depths of that, you will probably find where it came from, whether it's a habit or an influence or something that you've been putting in. You know, like I said, TV is an easy target. Music is an easy target. Podcasts. But, yeah, Gaming. podcast. And for me, I I get grouchy when I watch the news too much. I really do, and and well, it, it comes negativity. out yeah. because the news is designed to be bad to keep you tuned in. Mm-hmm. That's why they do it. Well, and even TV shows that are entertaining, but are that really focus on murder or um, violence and all of this, and then you go to bed after watching several episodes of something, and now your dreams are filled with all of that same kind of stuff, where you're not resting because you're tense and you're uptight even as you dream because what you've put in your mind is coming out in a different way. Right. And I think part of a a one little caution on this I wanted to throw out, because it was something that uh, the Lord really put on my heart as I was putting together the notes for this, is I think we need to distinguish between isolated instances and what is the norm. Mm -hmm. Every parent, every single mom, dad has those cringeworthy moments where you wish you could go back with the magic eraser of life and just take them out and pretend you didn't do that or you didn't say that. Those are not the things I'm talking about. We all make mistakes, and I think our kids are resilient enough to, to... to blow by some of those mistakes. But what I'm trying to get at here is what's the norm? You know, if there's poison in our heart and that's the norm, Mm -hmm. then poison is going to come out of our mouth. And I've watched families over the years be poisoned. I've, I've watched parents poison their kids and seen them walk away from Jesus because of the way that they interacted with them and the words that came out of their mouth. And I really challenged myself this last year to change, uh, to decrease the, the murder mysteries I was listening to, watching and reading and the news and start listening to Christian speakers instead. So via podcast, via radio, just different TV, YouTube, um, listening to it through these different means and see how it changed me. And it dramatically changed my attitude, the way I spoke to my children and the way I behaved in life. Yeah. People who know me say I'm not the same person I was a year ago. It's because I changed what was coming in. And that, that's the goal that you want to get to. And, you know, there's always going to be, whether it's the voice of in your own head or the voice of people around you that are going to think you're dorky or weird for doing that, you know, not being like everybody else. But it's worth it. Well, ultimately, the relationship that you build with your children is what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you sound dorky because all you listen to are Christian podcasts. What matters is how has it changed your relationship with your children? Mm-hmm. Because if you're, the atmosphere of your home has become more peaceful and more Christ-like and more loving, that's what it's about. Yeah, if if what you're putting in is drawing you closer to God, then how you interact with your kids is going to draw them closer to God. And truly, in the end, you're also being a witness to other people who are watching that, and they are also being drawn closer to Christ. Yep. Well, you are listening to Unshakable Faith, and we're talking about the principles from God's Word that will promote healthy communication with your kids. So if you're looking for additional resources today, please come to our website at www.legacyfamilyministries.com, where we have a whole resource library full of free resources for you, and we would love to get them into your hands. Well, let's move on with the second principle. And that is, uh, so now that we've looked at the first principle from Scripture that will promote healthy and productive communication with our kids, let's move on to the, the next one. I think this principle comes as no surprise to us, and that is your words, use your words to build them up, not tear them down. Very simple. Use your words to build them up, not tear them down. 
there's so many verses in Scripture that um, are related to this. Uh, the first one that we can look at would be Proverbs 25:11 that says, "A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Your word should be something that's beautiful and that's desirable and that draws people and especially your children to you. But your words can also be something if it's not something that is beautiful, it be something that pushes people away. So yeah. you want your words to be beautiful. And I, I was uh, I was doing a little study on Proverbs twenty five eleven this week because I was like ah yeah I love that one I want to go to there and I, I was looking at that phrase a word fitly spoken mm. and I was just sitting there kind of letting it soak in get from my head down into my heart and uh, I got this picture because like I said I'm kind of a visual learner so I got this picture of uh, some of the interactions I've had with my kids. Um, probably my daughter more than my son's because she's a little bit more expressive at this age. But uh, where you say something and you see it land and you, you kind of see them open up or their, you know, their shoulders lift or there's a, their, their eyes change, that's a word fitly spoken. That's something that, that you deposited that is building them up. That's a seed well planted. That's what this verse is talking about. And if we're honest, we all do the opposite too, where it's an unfitly spoken word. And I encourage parents (laughs) to um, respond, not react. So reacting is that like kickback reaction and where we are more likely to say something that's going to hurt. But responding is taking time to take a breath. Even I've I've learned over time with my kids to say, you know what, we're each going to take 15 minutes because I'm mad right now. I'm going to go to my room and pray and ask God for wisdom. You need to do the same. You go to your room, see God's word, ask him for wisdom. And then 15 or 20 minutes later, we come back and it's amazing what God will do when you have stepped away. So you don't react in anger. You can come back and the the Holy Spirit will move in a very tangible way to bring restoration and Mm -hmm. peace. That's good. Respond. Don't react. Mm Mm-hmm. I may be generalizing a little bit, but that's probably a good one for us dads. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you see Ephesians 6. It definitely is for me. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 4 goes right with that. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you look at strong-willed children, you really see that that responsive anger. You know, with your strong-willed child, um, they they want to be in control. They need to be in control. They need to be able to say, um, I had a choice in what's going on, and it's really easy to make them mad when you tell them what to do. And so when you're bringing— We had a lot of that. Yeah, we've got some strong-willed <laughs> children in our home. They're great. Um, so when you're you're talking to them in a way that is drawing them towards the Lord, it's not with the harsh word. It's with the, the gentle word that, mm-hmm. that p- draws them into you, into your love for them, and then points them to the love of the Father. Yeah, just to piggyback on that whole idea of harsh words and gentle words, um, I had a little fun recently with this whole idea. I was uh, poking around the Internet looking for um, some original source material of of stories that I had heard, uh, long story short. But uh, I came across this this experiment that was done. And by experiment, I'm saying this wasn't some big scientific experiment. It was an activity that they did. Um, The situation was this. You had IKEA over in the U.K., and they were sponsoring an anti-bullying program with a a British prep school. I'm assuming it was a prep school because of the way that the kids were were the uniforms and stuff. But um, anyways, they took two of these beautiful green plants. And uh, you probably already know where I'm going with this, but they, they were the exact same kind of plants, you know, in the exact same kind of soil, same kind of pots, same room, you know, six, seven feet apart, whatever. And they put them up there and then they went to the kids and they had the kids record on one recording, a bunch of bullying comments, mean things, you know, stuff that, that 
really shouldn't be sitting on a playground. And then the other stuff, you know, it's all the, the encouraging words, building them up, stuff like that. And, uh, the, the, of course, they, they played one track that, you know, went through this loop off and on of the encouraging comments to one plant and then the bullying comments to the other. And in 30 days, that bullied plant was dead. I mean, it was dead as a doornail. And I've seen... Um, experiments or, or projects like this with apples. I've seen it done with rice and water and stuff like that. And you, you, you read the arguments about what's really going on here. I don't want to get too deep in that because you could go to left field with this very easily. But the, everybody kind of agrees this is not hard science. But no one can argue with the fact that it happens. Words are powerful. Yeah, words are powerful. And it goes back to that whole thing that a lot of our parents told us in, in, in well-meaning ways, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, words can crush you. Yeah. And words can crush our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the norm for how we're talking to them, they can be like that bullied plant that was just totally wilted and dead. Yeah. Proverbs 18.21. I say it a lot, I feel like, but life and death are in the power of the tongue. We have the power that God has given us with our words because um, we are made in his image and his words spoke life. And we have that same ability to speak life into those that are around us. But our words can also speak death, death to relationships, death to circumstances and situations. And we want to be ones that are speaking life and we want to be known as somebody who speaks life. Mm -hmm. I learned that through a really tough moment with my son when he was in middle school and I had gotten to a point where yelling had become my to-go thing. And I tell you one time to do something, two times, the third time I'm yelling and screaming. And he looked at me one day and he said, why do you treat me worse than you treat strangers? I thought you said you loved me. And that hit me so hard. And it really changed the course of our relationship because I had to stop and evaluate the power my words were having. I was trying to build him up in the Lord and at the same time pulling the rug out from under his feet. And you can't do that. That's hypocritical. And when I started to realize what I was doing to my own child, that had to change. Mm -hmm. And that's when I learned that power of responding instead of reacting, of giving space, giving some time to let the Holy Spirit move in responding to our children in those tough moments. But here's the redemption in that. That wasn't the norm that you continued. That was definitely a cringeworthy parent moment. Well, I mean, we've become, all got them. It had become the norm, unfortunately. But it's not but anymore. I changed it. And you look it at him now, and he's prospering. Yes, he's God growing. has completely redeemed that because we stopped and changed the course of action. All of us can do that. Every parent out there, when you see that norm popping up, you can change it. Because God's given you that power, that wisdom, that insight through his word to stop and change your direction. Yeah, and you know, God will redeem it. When we talk about seeds and you had fruit that had been displayed and there's there's seeds inside that fruit, you can choose that I'm not going to plant those seeds. You can take that fruit and you can throw it away. God has given you new seeds and you can plant the new seeds in your life and they can produce new fruit. Yeah, I am evidence and proof that God redeems. Very good. So we've seen the first two biblical principles that promote healthy and productive communication with our kids. They were consider what may be going on in your own heart before you try to consider what's going on in your kids. Second one that we just finished was use your words to build them up, not tear them down. So what's the third one I need to know if I want to be successful in this? Well, it's another one about God's word, and that's speak God's word into their life. Speak it as a regular part of their life. Absolutely. It's become one of my favorites. Speaking truth. I saw this in action. I work at church in the preschool department and we have four and five year olds. The four year olds are always exuberant and come in with no fear. And then they go through a transition into kindergarten where fear starts to 
that fear of separation anxiety starts to overcome them. And so I watched the typical way parents respond to their children is to bribe them, to manipulate them, to um, peel them off their body and shove them at me, um, yell at them. I've seen everything. And then one day, a couple months ago, I had this mom who... Her daughter had been fine for a year, and then now she's crying, and I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And she got down face-to-face, eye-to-eye with her daughter. And I tear up every time I say this, but she spoke truth to her daughter, and she said, remember who you are in Christ. You're a child of the King. There is no fear as a child of God. Perfect love casts out fear. You can do this, sweetie. Remember to grab onto the Lord and walk into that room. And she did, and the mom would do that week after week, get eye level with her, speak truth to her. I would watch the little girl, take a deep breath, turn and walk into the room. And then on one particular week, two other girls came in behind her crying, that whole peel them off, shove them into the room thing. And she went up to them and spoke life to those little girls and got them to start laughing and playing. So as we speak life into our children, they turn around and speak life into other people. And that's as a five-year-old. So they can, you can do it, and so can your children. They're going to live it out. I love that story. Well, and your response as a parent makes all of the difference. Because the parents who have to shove their kids out the door, their kids the next week are still crying and having a hard time. But when you breathe life into your kids, that dramatically changes them and their ability to then be a witness to other people. It reminds That's- me of Isaiah fifty five eleven says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, yeah. but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent mm. it. Man, if there's one takeaway that God gives me every time I, I, I look at that voice or run or that verse or run across that principle, he reminds me that every single word of God contains the power to accomplish what it says. Mm-hmm. And that little girl, the example that you saw, was proof positive. Yeah. That's that's it in in the in the stuff of everyday life. Well, and in order for God's word to be what comes out of my mouth, it has to be planted in my heart. Mm -hmm. So that mom in your story, she planted God's word in her child's heart, and it bore fruit. It had a harvest that came when that child was then able to go and help other kids. But in order for that to happen, it has to be planted in our heart. Um, Yeah, yeah. that mom had to have it planted in her heart first. So she was intentionally spending time in God's word to know God's word so that she spoke it into her child. Instead of allowing lies to come out, she spoke the truth that she had already been in God's word learning. Yeah. And the more that we allow God's word to affect our hearts, the more it affects our words. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to see. If you find that you tend to have a sharp tongue, put more of God's word into your heart and watch what happens to your tongue. Mm -hmm. Because the words that come out of your mouth will begin to reflect God's words the more that you have his word planted in you. And And I I can attest to the truth of that because... I do have a, a sharp tongue sometimes, and that's precisely what I do to keep it, you know, uh, not sharp. <laughs> yeah, and that's how we start passing a legacy of faith down to our children from one generation to the next, which is what the Bible is all about, passing, passing Christ down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Which is why we see verses like Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9, that says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Love that you pointed that out, Melissa. Mm-hmm. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your home, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. In other words, as you go all the way through life, 
You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And this is painting a picture of just being immersed in God's word. Well, and, and right off, it says you will teach them diligently mm-hmm. to your children. It takes great intentionality. It really it's, does. You're fighting against all kinds of interruptions in life. Well, and I know, Amy, you've had a lot of moms who have come to you and said, my kids aren't following the Lord. How can you say that you can build an unshakable faith in your kids. Well, come right back to this verse. Man, teach it diligently. It's not a one and done. It's not an I took them to Sunday school and I taught them the right Right. things. It's something that has to happen every day. You need to just pour Christ into you so that you can have that be the overflow that your children see. That's usually the first question I ask is, how are you? Are you in God's word? Are you um, spending time attending church? And usually they'll say no. And that it just comes back to where are you first, mm-hmm. and then that's going to overflow into your children. It all starts with us, and the responsibility and the privilege is all on us. But we have Jesus there to help us. Now, you've been listening to Unshakable Faith, a ministry of Legacy Family Ministries. We rely on ministry partners who join with us financially so we can produce quality resources and offer them to parents just like you absolutely free. So if you want to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 602-878-7814 or 602-TRUST-14. And remember, at Legacy, you really can be a pro at raising kids with unshakable faith.